So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 11 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Gino and Jasmine have an awkward amount of fun with sunscreen, Sam has trouble keeping his hands away from Citra, Clayton meets his BFF in real life and immediately goes into TMI mode, Ashley's mom wants to know Manuel better, Sophie and Rob really kill the vibe of a sex shop, and Nick and Devin make it to the altar. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK, where we are covering the current season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not doing too bad. Last week before break, so that's powering through. Just just getting, we're slumping to the end line. Man, we had, my school has so many apps. We, we came up with our school report cards this week and like our number of students that are chronically absent was like off the charts. Oh, And goodness. like this week is going to be even worse because nobody's trying to show up this week. Well, we have finals week this week. And so most mm, yeah. of our students are, realize how important it is. So they are going to be here. We don't do finals because if we did, we'd more students would fail the classes because they would oh, fail goodness. the finals. So we don't, we don't do those. Um, but I Either way, our semester doesn't end until January anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, speaking of holidays, um, it seems like uh, 90 Day Fiance won't be on at least next week because of the holidays. Yes, uh, Christmas Eve, it's definitely not going to be on. I I would guess they won't put it on New Year's Eve either, but yeah. I don't know that we officially know that yet. But we, yeah. won't be, we won't be back until the show is back <laughs> at least. Right. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get started with uh, some of these couples. Let's go with the couple that we saw in the least, and that was Gino and Jasmine. So they are in Miami, and Jasmine wants Gino to rub lotion all over her. He's saying she's been naughty, and Jasmine tells him to be gentle because he's just massaging her butt. And, you know, she had those butt implants. He seems to be turned on by her butt, which Jasmine asks him if he's starting to appreciate her investment instead of, you know, paying for the dress with the money. She does tread lightly, though, because she doesn't want him to find out that Dane helped her pay for the other part of her butt implants. Jasmine gives Gino a list of all the reasons why Gino's family has wronged her because she's not really sure she wants all the family at their wedding. Jasmine starts to get riled up and asks what he would say if she told him if his family was there, she wouldn't get married to him. Gino doesn't want to commit to an answer and actually tries to sidestep this whole question to begin with. And Jasmine says that, Okay, fine. She'll play nice. Just one more chance she's going to give the family. One more chance. She says that she sacrificed everything and he now needs to back her up. All right. So it's this family's got to offend her again. Right. She has like this whole list of grievances. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the family's going to come together and do like. You know, just when Gino goes and is like, listen, if y'all don't make her happy, she's not going to let you come to the wedding. They'll come and play nice enough that she'll be like, okay, I feel like I'm accepted now. And like everything I just with this couple, I 
am never convinced that anything stays. Like it's always going to go and be fine, right? Absolutely. But that's the thing, though, is what you've said is the key that I don't think will happen. I don't think Gino is going to turn around and tell his family, all right, you got to play nice. Otherwise, you can't come to the wedding. Because what we kind of have seen is that Gino pretty much gets on Jasmine to be the one who has to compromise in everything. It's never his family. Uh and I think that's why it appears to her that he always sides with them. No, I think I feel like he's tried. I also just think I just think like he feels like when the family pushes back and if and when the family pushes back, that's I feel like he starts to like listen because I feel like they did it. Remember, there was one time I can't even remember what season where they called Dana when they were in the middle of a hike. Right. Yes. And I think he was trying to do it then. Play nice. You need to be nice. You need to be nice. So it was basically a call to say you need to be nicer to Jasmine. And Uh he was like, I don't feel like I mean to her at all. And he was like, well, so see there, he's nice. Well, Dana is kind of an interesting character because as soon as he was kind of confronted and it was mostly Jasmine confronting him, he actually did kind of play nice. And he's like, well, I was just asking questions like I didn't mean anything by it. I mean, that was the waterfall conversation you were talking about. Yeah. And I think that he's actually kind of defended her a little bit more like uh, opposed to all the other family members, like even when she was talking about. Um, you know, uh, the bachelor party. I think Dane is the or Dana is the one who's telling Gino, like, yeah, yeah, sure. you know why she's mad, right? It's not because you actually had the bachelor party. So does he just you're... does he just make a strategic meet up with the family where like, okay, the five most racist people of the family, oh, we're God. just going to strategically not invite them. And like just the people who are going to be nice to Jasmine. And then they're like, oh, we're nice to Jasmine. We're good to go. We get That was your one more chance. There are people in the family that she gets along with. She seems to get along with Michelle. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know now, now that they've had a confrontation, like she seems to be okay with Dana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's hard because this time had some of my least favorite Jasmine types. Um, the first one is the one who was like, oh, Gino, you're, you're so hot. You're turned on when he's like spends like an inordinate amount of time rubbing her ass oh, like on the camera. And she's got the thong on. So it's blurred and we can't even yeah. see what he's doing. But he's just like really in there Getting in public. In there, and I'm yeah. like, I don't we don't. That was not something we need. And the second one that I hate and that I don't like. And I see the way they do this. I feel like a lot with a lot of the Latina cast is to put her in that thong and that bikini that had outside boob, inside boob, top oh boob, gosh, bottom side boob, boob, like every, all the <laughs> yeah. side, all the under sides boob. of the boobs, all the under every angle of the boobs except for the very middle was covered, and yeah. her just being like, "What? This is how you dress in Panama? Lawyers dress like this in Panama? You go to the doctor, and the doctors dress like this? Everyone else, oh like, come on, like I don't even understand what the big deal is." And I'm like, oh, you know what the big deal is. Like, stop doing this. It's, a, it's such a bad act is what I don't like. Yeah. What I think is funny is that every single uh, Latina, I will say specifically because we've never seen um, any men this way. But uh, every Latina we've seen on this, it every time they go to Miami, they want to move there. Yes. Yeah. And then to be to be fair, she at least gave legitimate reasons why. Oh, yeah. Is she's like she's like oh wow it feels more like Panama like the vibe right. is more like Latin America and I can get by speaking Spanish all day long. Her like, English is actually pretty good. Her but, English is yeah. good, but I think she's like hey if I want to have a day where I only speak Spanish all day long, mm-hmm. I can't do that in Michigan. I can yeah. do that. I can do that here. 
right? Well, poor thing is probably like, I just want out of the cold. And out and the warmth, for sure. Yeah. The warmth too. Um, yeah. But – and that's what got me about too about her showing off in the thing. Like South Beach is a topless beach. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why she was wearing the bikini at all. Like <laughs> <laughs> For the show, Mr. O. Come on now. <laughs> Do we really want her entire body blurred out for this show? It would just been the whole blur, just a blur oh from gosh. the neck down. Like, yeah. <laughs> everything there. All right. So let's talk about, I think I'll, you know what? They Of my groups, this was the most eventful, but also made the least writing about. And that's uh, Nick and Devin. Mm. Because their wedding is happening quicker than I anticipated. Because the first thing we get for their segment is a title card that said it's their wedding day. They woke up in the same bed, so they weren't like doing that traditional sleeping apart thing. And she's hoping that the remade handbox she had is ready for her when she gets to the venue. So Devin says that she was really upset at the wedding dress shopping, mostly because of her mom's nagging, which she knows was done with good intentions. So when they get there, uh, they meet with Carol, the wedding planner, who is putting the finishing touches on the very white and pink wedding venue. Like white, white, crisp, white, clear and pink. Everything was white, (laughs) clear and pink. So Kevin, that's Devin's dad, says that he doesn't think they're stressed about anything. But then the mom is like, what are you talking about? You were you were definitely not at the wedding shop. Like, <laughs> she is very stressed out about this dress. So then they go down to the room where the bridal party is getting ready and the handbook is like in a garment bag. And we have like a dramatic unzipping of the bag to see if it looks OK. And it looks fine. It's all white now. There's no gold. So then we switch back over to Nick who doesn't really have anybody in his bridal party. So he's putting on his handbook and he's happy He's happy that they agreed to have this at least Korean element to their wedding. So Nick tells Kevin that just seeing Devin, even at the rehearsal the day before, you know, tickled his heart. And that makes Kevin feel good about moving forward with the wedding. Well, that plus all the time they've been spending since he's been living there, apparently mostly uneventfully for I don't know how right. long, but however many days he's been there since the 90s. So then we zoom ahead to the wedding and it's you know, then it's all like, it's go time for the wedding. And we see it's a very, very standard wedding. So not really a lot to write about, right? Um, although we did see – we saw a lot of it. We didn't see any of the vows or anything. So it definitely seemed to come in under uh, your Miss H's unspoken time limit for weddings. You're like – Yeah, 15 minutes. Every time you go to a wedding, you're like, tick tock, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, so – um. Uh, afterward, they do like they. I forget they do this, but they always do the thing. It's like, who are you with? You're like, I'm with my wife. I'm with my husband. Oh, right. oh. and cheers and smiles. And then they're the last thing they get is they were surprised their parents paid for a helicopter ride. That so was they come really out of the nice. Church and there's a helicopter. It was that is pretty neat. It was pretty yeah. neat. So it was like a, heli- a sunset helicopter ride, and then came back for the reception. Um, so that's kind of where we left with that. So I mean, it's. The first wedding. I was like, I was very, I was like, boom, I was a wedding already. So is this the couple that's going to be gone from the show? Like it's going to give yeah, a place to Sam, et cetera? no idea. It's so weird because, you know, we have one other couple, Sam and Citra, that are getting married really, really early into the 90 days. But that's because logistically her family's coming out pretty soon. And I think they just want to get to banging, you know, like oh, they're yeah. re- religious. Yeah. Like the religious they're just couples like, that want to just be like, we have to do this. Like, right. especially based on we'll get to it based on Sam's like t- 
feeliness the whole time in oh, the segment. God. Yeah. So it is weird that Nick and Devin, it's like they didn't have any reasons that their wedding had to be so soon after he was in the country. So I don't know what's going on. And it's like, well, I also don't know what else there is to see. I felt like their biggest drama was him calling her Piggy. And clearly we've had a conversation about that situation. So yeah. What left is there? I think the problem here is I think what we have on our hands here is actually a legitimate couple that like wanted to marry each other and knew before they got the – before he came. So we didn't get the 90 days just isn't enough time drama. Right. Right. They clearly had already – this is a well-planned advanced wedding. This is not something they started planning after he landed. Right. That – They were already planning this wedding and they got the wedding venue, what, 30 days after he got here. So that's when they got married because that's how it's – we got what here is is how it's supposed to work. And so they inserted some – sometimes I call her piggy drama and then we got them out. Like and so I think think this might be. I don't know that we'll hear too much from them. I don't think there's going to be a lot of post-wedding drama that we're going to get either. I mean, not between them, but what I think might be interesting, and they definitely allude to this, is how is he going to adjust being in middle America? You know, but I think he has some experience. It's not like he's lived in Korea his entire life. Uh, He did live in Australia. So, I mean, non-Koreans. He lived amongst non-Koreans. So, I think he's just kind of easygoing and he kind of has somewhat of an idea that it's going to be different and he's just easy to like kind of roll the punches and not cause drama. So I don't know. I think if there's any drama, it's like how the community reacts to him, but it's not like they're in that small of a town. Like people might notice him, but they're not going to sit there and stare or like throw stones or anything. Yeah. I just, I wonder if it's going to be, um, I, I wonder if they'll just – not the Stones. I don't think it's him adjusting, but I wonder if they'll do kind of like the Miami trip for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like do you bring him to – do you bring him to LA or do you bring him to New York where there's like, oh, there's a Korea town here. Like, oh, this is great. Like, why don't we and, live here where there's a Korea town? I mean, like, but this is kind of going back to the fact that he lived in Australia, you know? Like he had those things in Australia too. Yeah, but he did say when he was in Australia, he lived – he only – he pretty much only hung out with Korean people in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So and so, what I'm saying, saying being being like you know, just for the drama, bring him, have him visit, have him spend some time in the states where he feels like he's out of place, and then take him somewhere in the states where it's like, oh, there's actual there, there's an H Mart here. Look at that. Oh, right, like you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It would be the only thing I could think of, but I think most likely we won't hear much from them. No, probably not until the end of the season. Well, speaking of couples that are fast forwarding their uh, wedding date, let's talk about Sam and Citra. So Citra and Sam are in the car talking about her need to fart after a long flight. So she's noticing the cows in the houses and Citra notices that some of the houses look like the house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she has managed to scare herself. Citra is concerned being the only woman living with Sam, his brother and their dad. She wonders if she will be comfortable having to deal with woman things like her period with a house full of dudes. Citra takes off her shoes before entering the house and she is surprised to learn that it has air conditioning. Pleasantly surprised, but then not so pleasantly surprised that his room is really messy. So even Sam is having to sidestep his pile of clothes, which he never told her if they were clean or dirty. Citra meets Brian, Sam's dad. 
Brian thinks that she's really, really pretty. He's also hoping that she'll help cook. Sam says it's a big sin to sleep in the same room, so he's planning on sleeping on the floor in his brother Tim's room. Sam then shows Citra the bidet he had installed. Sam asks her what she thinks, and he seems to think that, uh, you know, the house isn't so messy. So while Citra is unpacking and showing them all the things that she brought, Brian asks about the Muslim conversion process. Sam says after he does a prayer with her dad at the mosque, he will be converted. Brian says that he wants to see it, and Citra thinks that that would be nice. But Sam just flat out says he doesn't think it's a good idea (laughs) because he questions his dad's intentions since Brian's really just an atheist who believes in ancient aliens. Citra thinks that Sam is max horny right now, but he just needs to wait until their wedding day. Sam makes sure that she's in bed before he goes to the next room. Sam says Citra tries to make it seem like he's the naughty one, but he says it's really her. The next morning, Citra wakes up apart from Sam, but really it's like 20 feet. Sam is struggling with the sexual tension. Citra calls him a horn dog. Citra tells him that he needs to clean his car because her sisters will judge him. Citra doesn't want the car to be the first impression on her family. So they go to the car wash and Citra remarks that it's like a haunted house. They go through one of those drive through car washes. Mm -hmm. They're cleaning out the inside and Sam is starting to realize, ooh, his car is actually pretty gross. They're trying to clean out the trash and papers. And Citra asks if any of the papers she's throwing out are his diversion papers. Hmm. Sam then tells us that he was arrested for having Suboxy with a, without a prescription, and he didn't get the diversion paper submitted in time, so it's up in the air what could happen to him. Citra is upset that he didn't tell her the truth. Sam asks if she loves him enough, would she stick it out for him, even if her dad gets mad about the situation? Citra says it's a lot and asks why he didn't tell her before. He asks if she wouldn't have come if he told her, and she says that she does, doesn't know. So he somehow thinks that that validate, validates the reason why he didn't tell her. Yeah, he's like, precisely. Mm-hmm. Which is, God. yeah, no. But, so. Yeah. So he asks if, yeah, everything's cool, right? And Citra says that she needs time to process everything. Citra says that she's really angry that he lied to her about the paperwork because it made her lie to her dad. If he goes to prison, she doesn't know if she'll stay here or go back to Indonesia. All right. So, I don't know. Um, Do you think that uh, Sam has a valid reason for not telling Citra? No, that's an invalid reason. That is literally like, oh, I wanted to trick you into coming before I told you. Like, that's literally what he said. And then was like, are we good? So, we're good? It's like, no. Why would we be good? And because I didn't even think about it. Um what she said, but from her perspective, it makes a lot of sense. He was like, well, now I lied to my dad because I said you had the diversion program, yeah. right? And that was a lie. And 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 I, my dad is not going to necessarily take it well, whether I lied to him or he lied to him. He was lied to, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would believe that if I got lied to and you're like, well, no, no, he didn't tell me. I was like, I don't know. Is that a lie too? I don't know right. what the lies are here. Like, yeah, that's actually pretty valid because it doesn't seem like Sam – really cared too much what Citra thought, right? But mm-hmm. he seems to be scared of dad, right? Dad is well, scary right. to him. Like, why did you not consider the fact that dad is not going to be happy that you lied about the situation? 
Yeah, it, it, especially because dad just feels it feels like dad's more in control of the situation, right? right. Dad, dad is the one. Citra at least likes him and yeah. like is attracted to him and he wants at talk. some level to mm-hmm. build a relationship with him, right? And so he can get away with more with her, with her. But if dad says nope, then it's done, right? Yeah. And so, and he doesn't have the rapport with dad. He doesn't have the horn dog appeal of, of for dad. So that's not going to work. <laughs> even know if it was an appeal it did and i know part of it is that she's not trying to encourage it you know especially because she doesn't want to tempt him but it didn't seem it seemed awkward right i don't want to say it didn't seem that she was into it because like i said you know you can't really tell because she's trying not to sin but it just seemed real awkward yeah it did it did it was like why are you doing this we know you know we can't do it like, right. And, yeah. and it's, I think part of it is, I think there's part of it. I, I imagine there's things she did when the cameras weren't rolling. Oh, sure. Because he seemed to go in for the kiss thinking yeah. it was fine. And uh-huh. she was like, turn to the cheek. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, I feel like he wouldn't have just done that unless that's happened before. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I and then he's the one who's like, oh, she's the naughty one. She like, she's, you know, she makes it out to be it's me. Like, yeah. She's the one who's getting these wild ideas. Yes, I believe I would. I don't find that too far fetched. Right? No, that, I don't either. That's why it doesn't surprise me at all if anybody's been following the other way, like how Mary ended up getting pregnant, like almost immediately after she went through that whole thing about, oh, I'm, you know, being celibate, yeah, you know, and right. it's just like, uh huh, right. She has a family history of like teen pregnancy. Like, I don't think that's going to last long. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what she did. She found the person. It was like, all right, close enough. Let's go. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we're on the way. That's fine. Yeah. We're on the road. We're going. But like, man, this. The, I mean, you said that was awkward, but Dad was awkward too. Yeah. Like him explaining the ancient alien theories was very, very awkward. And him, him explaining and Mike like, need to hang out. Yeah, well, they had yeah, the ancient Mike and aliens. Natalie. The ancient aliens, I think, just the pyramids with the pictures of the UFOs and the ancient oh uh, things and things. It just makes more sense than stupid religions. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, oh no, let's, let's back up there. Um, I also think it was hilarious that, like, I feel like the only time she's seen an American landscape is in horror movies. Yeah. And so – Anytime she sees any American landscape, she's like, ah, it's the horror movies. Like, I feel like that's the number one import into Indonesia from America is horror movies. Yeah. And so everything that's supposed to look like normal America to her is just like, oh, no, this looks just like all those horror movies I saw. This is terrible. I only watched the first 20 minutes of that movie actually fairly recently, and I could not. The old one or the newer one? The newer one. It was just mm-hmm. too much. I was like, this is really like... I don't I don't know how to describe is it like cringy horror where you're just like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Oh, yeah. The, the the one that's like it's so gross that you're like, why am I watching this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, like I, Saw. That's how I would yeah, categorize yeah, yeah. Saw. Uh, the, uh, what did they have? Like a word. There was like a word for it. It was like gore porn or something like that. But like, Ugh, yeah. It just, yeah. I, I, I I'm, I'm as not into horror in general because I don't. It doesn't appeal to the one emotion it's supposed to be. It doesn't scare me. I'm not scared. I'm not saying – and so I'm just like, this isn't – this right. isn't To me, it's not scary. That's why I don't want to say it's scary. It's just like cringy. Like I just look at it and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to see that. That's gross. Yeah. It's it, like it just movie. grosses me out, I guess. Yeah, right. It's a movie of, of like somebody scratching felts for the entire thing. I'm like, this makes me feel bad that you're scratching uh, the felt. Oh, <laughs> like, no. For me, it's much. like, oh, watching someone get their fingernails ripped out. Like – 
It yeah. doesn't scare me. I just don't want to see I that. Just, I would gross. rather not watch it. Yeah, it's gross. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's sa- sausage making the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of, let's go to the, let's go actually go to the other way of people who are maybe a little bit too much on the sexual relationship and not much in the relationship. And that's Ashley and Manuel. So, uh, Sienna, aka Cece, and Stacy, who is Ashley's sister and mother, respectively, so Stacy is the mother, are walking into a bridal boutique because, and this is the least surprising thing I think I've ever heard, Ashley's running late. Um, And they don't want to miss the appointment. So, they're waiting for an undisclosed amount of time, just like sitting there in front of like, you know, the little stage they have for for the bride to get on. And they definitely hear Ashley before they see her. So Ashley comes in and she asks St- she asks Stacy if you're happy, and her answer is okay. <laughs> she's like, "Well, are you really happy?" She's like, "I'm I'm happy that you're happy." <laughs> so kind of no. So they they start the whole traditional reveal where she says she wants the look. And this is what she said: she wants her dress to look like a mermaid, crossed with something. She said a lot of things. There was like a yeah. luxe princess with a crystal, and it ended with mermaid again. Yeah. She was like a Lux Princess Crystal Mermaid mixed with a mermaid. Yeah. And it was like, well, she, she seemed pretty committed to the first dress that she came out in. And like, we never well, saw it. Okay. She walked out and I was just like, all right. So you mean a wedding dress? Cause all those other things made it sound like it was going to be something completely different. It's like, no, this is just a standard wedding dress. Yeah. I mean, and the mermaid, I, I know there's a mermaid cut to yes, a dress, there's right? A mermaid. And, so, and that didn't even look like a mermaid cut. It didn't. It didn't. No. It didn't. Um, and then, yeah, so it was just all the things she used. She was like Lux, Crystal, um, Princess, uh, Finery. And it was, just, it was just a wedding dress. It was <laughs> yeah. just a wedding dress. Um, anyway, so blah, 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 blah. so they <laughs> – she says that um, – and then – oh, but the one thing that was weird to it about the wedding dress, and again, the only one we saw, was that she did uh, have a separately a tiara made out of multiple rows of quartz crystals – that she uh, yeah. puts on. So it's got like a kind of a Statue of Liberty look, but they're all crystals. Um, and she says she needs all the crystals they can get for all the positive energy. So uh, she's hoping that Manuel will think she looks just like a mermaid of it. She was really committed to the mermaid thing. So Stacy asks ask, ask if Ashley thinks Manuel is going to take care of his mermaid because <laughs> she thinks the jury's still out on that. So Stacy tells us in an interview that Ashley really seems to want this, but her expectations might be too high for Manuel to meet. So Ashley says that she's giving him the benefit of the doubt because this is a tough situation for her, for him. And Cece is like literally like, no, that's a cop-out answer. No, like we're literally doing everything we possibly can to make him comfortable. And he is just, you know, walking out of every situation. He's pushing back on everything. And Ashley's like, oh, yeah, he's the king of pushback. Literally calls mm-hmm. him the king of pushback. But like, what does he want to do? He doesn't want to hang out with the gringos all the time. And I'm like, which confused me because I was like, who else is there to hang out with in Rochester, New York, but the gringos? God. Everybody's yeah. gringos. Yeah. But anyway, CC basically was like, no, he's annoying. He pushes back. He fights on everything. And nobody likes hanging out with him. Right. So Ashley says, though, but she's never been with anybody before that had this kind of powerful chemistry. When they're together, it's just like fire. And then Stacy, her mom, her mom is like, yeah, you just guys just have you just have you fight and have sex. Like that's not really indicative of a match made in heaven. Oh my Perhaps gosh. it's a match made somewhere else. 
So back at the house, Ashley's telling Manuel that her mom says that she has some concerns and she wants the chance to get a one-on-one conversation with him to ease some of her insecurities. So actually, mom is free today. So do you want to go meet now? Manuel is like, okay, but doesn't really know what to expect here. So he's sure that mom knows about a lot of their problems, but also knows about them through Ashley's point of view. So they get to a diner and they're going to try to do the conversation via Google Translate. Ashley sounds seems like she's going to try to stay like because she knows Spanish. And she's like, well, you know, if the thing isn't like – and mom's like, no, leave. Get out. Go away. <laughs> um, so Stacy thinks the, the phone is fine. They'll just use those because she wants to have this time to get to know Manuel without Ashley because she knows her daughter and she knows if she asks Manuel questions that Ashley's going to answer them for him, yeah. what, she, what, what she thinks. Um so the translator does an okay job. We don't get any hilarious bad egg translations here. Yeah. And Stacy first wants to know what all the running away is about in arguments because you can't walk away from a marriage. And Manuel is just like, I get upset. I need to cool off. So I leave. And she's like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then she thinks uh, that this relationship was a relationship that was built uh, on attraction first. And then the love came later, which is all we, which can be trouble. So she asks him if they if he really does want to get married, and he says they definitely love each other and they want to get married. But sometimes her attitude gets so bad that she can't even stand herself. And Stacy's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, uh, yep." I she just says yes, yes, yes. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> that is that is a valid concern. Sure. So she, after kind of a short conversation, is okay with the situation now. She doesn't completely trust him yet, but she's going to support her daughter like with whenever she does. So, I mean, I feel like what we just got here was this woman has been fighting with Ashley her entire life, Ashley's oh entire gosh. life. And Manuel is just like, like, just, just like validated all the things. Like she does this crazy thing and it's hard to deal with. And her mom is like, yes, she does. And that is hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Like, I now understand why why you react the way you do because you are correct. And that is how she acts. Yeah. I was going to say, Ashley, uh, she was really frustrating to me in this because, yes. you know, it's like she complains about Manuel all the, Manuel all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's like defending him in a way that's just like, what's wrong with you? That's how you really see it because that's not how you've been treating him or treating the situation. Yeah, I just feel like her mom didn't want to say to her face, you're digmatized. Like, oh, gosh. you're just in this for the sex. You just like the sex and the closeness. And that's what's here. And you're sweeping everything under the rug. Right, she is. Because it's it's for, for the moment. Because she does that kind of – and I, we see this also when we get to the other ones. I feel like we see this with other couples, specifically Sophie and Rob, that like when you have a volatile relationship mm-hmm. – when the times are good, you're like, yes, this is amazing. This is fantastic. We should just work on making it be like this all the time. Right? Yeah. And then it's not like that all the time. But all you can think of is, well, we could just not. It can't. It will just – it'll just one day be like the good time all the time. That's not how it works. Like yeah. there's, there's always good times and bad times. Right. 100% definitely. 100% in all relationships. Yeah, and Manuel is the worst. Ashley isn't much better. Like, I I don't understand. I don't understand this couple. No, I don't understand why either of them wants to be with each other. Like, no. And, and, and I think that's what we're missing is I think the only thing we don't see is they're just really into each other physically. Yeah. Like, and that's the entire relationship. Like, and that's 
Like, and mom was not wrong. That's not a good relationship. No, it's not a good relationship. Well, let's talk about a couple that the physical stuff isn't quite there. Uh, and that's yeah. Clayton and Annalie. <laughs> Go so be there for a little while. <laughs> right. Clayton and Annalie are packing up to make a trip to California to finally meet with Clayton's friends, Cameron. Annalie is so excited to get out of this apartment because she feels suffocated with all the animals and the lack of space and mom. She says, see you never. Bye. <laughs> when she's like talking about leaving the apartment. Clayton tells us that he gets along with Cameron, the best of all his friends. One flight later, they are in San Diego. Cameron says it's a little weird that they have been best friends for eight years and have never met in person. Just a little weird. Yeah. Little. Cameron and uh, Clayton spot each other and run to each other and hug. Like you would think that this was 90 Day Fiance, the two of them. Yeah. So Cameron shakes Annalie's hand. Annalie feels happy that this is uh, important for Clayton. Clayton and Cameron are enjoying their bromance and almost forgot while they're in the car that Annalie's even in the back seat. She's excited that they will party later as Cameron drops them off at their rental house. Clayton says that he splurged on a spacious house just because of, you know, the fact that they've been in this tiny apartment and the only other time that they had gotten away was a hotel room. Mm -hmm. So Clayton tries to be playful and put Annalie on the swing, but Annalie doesn't seem to be in the mood. Annalie says that San Diego is nice and spacious and she's feeling really good. Later, they meet up with Cameron and his girlfriend, V. Clayton is a little nervous because he doesn't really socialize in person. They start talking about wedding planning, and Clayton then asks Cameron to be his best man. And Cameron's really excited and says he's in. And then Clayton says that something about Cameron being his only friend. So Yeah, that was, yeah, that was weird. I mean, yeah. that, and it got weirder. So Yeah, oh, no, it gets way weird. So they get to ordering <laughs> drinks, and then Clayton says that he wants the virgin drink since he doesn't drink, but then throws in, like, completely separate and unnecessarily, that he's effectively living life as a virgin. And Annalie feels like she's getting criticized, and Annalie looks like she's crying while Clayton doesn't seem to notice. V then says, yike. To their yike. sensitive I conversation. I felt it was like, yike. yike. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about this all in English. And Annalie, it seems like she kind of understands, uh, but she doesn't really talk, uh, uh, like join in the conversation. And you can tell she feels uncomfortable. And she says she's uncomfortable with her English. So she actually uses a translator app. Annalie has never seen this side of Clayton before, and she thinks that he's trying to act macho when in reality she calls him a kitten. She thinks that this conversation is private between them. She is now uncomfortable and wants to go home. So they have to rudely and awkwardly excuse themselves so Annalie can escape. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you think that Clayton thought that this is something Annalie would understand that he's saying like... Or did he think that he was kind of having a uh, he could joke about it because she d wouldn't understand his English? I don't know, because the person I would have been most concerned about was telling this to Cameron. That's really weird. Like, <laughs> right. I know you've known each other for 13 years, but like the first time it had together, it's like, hey, dude, uh, my girlfriend won't fuck me. Like, wouldn't that be cool if I get my dick away? Like, why are we saying this already? Stop. Stop. Like, slow the roll there, buddy. Right? And like, and so that was awkward on that level. I think maybe he did think she wouldn't be able to understand what they were saying. Mm -hmm. um, 
probably didn't, which is also shitty. Like, why well, are you saying this stuff? he's got to know, right? Like, I get that because he definitely makes it seem like he doesn't socialize very much. He's got to know that that's not socially acceptable to talk shit about your girlfriend in front of your girlfriend. Yes. And I also think you got to know it's not appropriate to talk about your sex life. And even yeah. if you do, you know that dude, right? You know the right. guy. His girlfriend's sitting there. Right there. Her, right yeah. there. Like, you got to know that, right? But also, it's also, but even before that, he was super awkward because he was like, you know, the bringing up the, oh, I'm glad you said yes to being my best man because I didn't have anybody else to ask. You're my only friend. I'm a loser. Like, why, why did you add that? Why? Yeah. That was not necessary. It might be true, but it's right. not necessary to add that. And I feel, but the thing is, is Cameron is also an awkward dude, right? Yeah. I just think they were both kind of putting on an act of like, what do normal people say to each other? Like, <laughs> I think this is what they would say, right? And the way they kept like saying brother at the end of everything was really weird. Like, yeah. were you Hulk Hogan in the 80s? Like, good to see you, brother. Like, <laughs> we're going to go to the restaurant. We're going to get it after. All right, brother. Like, what is what is this? This is very weird. Yeah, I mean – it's kind of interesting because I know you, you kind of think about this like kind of relationship and as much as we know Clayton right now, we're like, oh, he's the awkward one or whatever. But it's like, but there is something to be said about the fact that Cameron is also got his best friend is an online person. So maybe Cameron right. also yes. doesn't socialize much. He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't. And But even still, I got to be – it. it Immediately opening up the relationship with some – opening up the conversation with somebody that you just met, whether your girlfriend's there or not with, how often do you guys bang? Like is not yeah. – like, is not, not going to be the way to do it. And if I was – like Annalie, I would want to leave too. Like that's weird on a lot of levels. You're sharing personal information yeah. I did not want to share, right? And then – and of course, now how's this going to lead? You know, who? guess what she's not going to want to do tonight? Right. Like, yeah, because he was super disrespectful of their relationship. And yeah, I, yeah, he's lucky he bought that spacious house. That might be the only redeeming thing right at this moment. Well, so he can sleep on the couch. Let me tell right, you that. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where he's going to be. Right. Like, because even, yeah, he made like jokes about his dick and stuff too. It was weird. It was weird. Yes. All of um, it. So, but that's the thing too, is I could see that part being left out. If the times they're alone, even the times they're in the apartment, if he's trying to make weird, awkward jokes like this with his mom around, ew. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Uh, ew. Well, I mean, like, quite honestly, I she might be attracted to him, but she just might not, like, find him to be very sexy at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how she described him, like, splayed out like a cow. Right. You know, she right. could find him attractive with and being like, this is very unsexy moment, you know? Yeah, but I, I do think, and because it seems like, by all accounts, they, when they when he visited her, they did it, right? Yeah. And I just think it was, she saw how he lived and all of a sudden it was like, oh. Grossed out, yeah. Turn yeah, grossed off. out. Huge right. turn off. Or put in the throwback. She went, I mean, you know, it's like going to a guy's house and he doesn't have a headboard. And you're like, nope. No, this isn't. I wouldn't like not be attractive. I'd just be like, this person isn't living like an adult. <laughs> that's right. the only thing I would think. I think that's that's part of it. And it's like I've committed to this person who said they're isn't living like an adult. Like not necessarily not be attracted to them, but be like, oh, I better pump the brakes on whatever's going on here because it is not going anywhere. 
Anyway, um, going on to our last couple who definitely are not living like adults. <laughs> it's Sophie and Rob. So forget headboard. We get to Rob's apartment again and Sophie has an idea about how to make things more comfortable. Maybe he should have a duvet on his bed or <laughs> at least a quilt, which turns into a fight immediately because it puts on, puts him on the defensive and she didn't get a nice good night's sleep. So she's grumpy. He's defensive. Things go bad. So she doesn't think it's too much to ask, but he thinks it's a stupid-ass question about a stupid-ass duvet, bougie things, why are you always asking for stuff? But of course, the real issue is that he doesn't know what a duvet is. Like, yeah. And instead of asking what's a duvet, <laughs> he just gets mad. <laughs> he gets mad that she's asking for a bougie ass duvet, right? Which is funny because, like, we just—it's just a word we don't use as much here. Like in 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 England, all the comforters are, tu- are duvets. They just have duvets. We have the idea of a comforter, right? They don't really have that. So it's definitely not even a bougie thing in England where she's from. And um, so anyway, um. But then he kind of changes tack and he's really resentful. It's like, oh, man, the first thing in the morning and you're you're asking me for stuff and you're bringing me negativity out of nowhere. And so she leaves to go sit in the courtyard, kind of escape him for a while. And he comes out to continue the argument. And he's just like, I think you just like give me an hour in the morning before you start asking for shit. And uh, all the while, she's texting her mom about what's about how annoying he is. <laughs> we see that <laughs> on the text. And she's just trying to ignore him. So then he doesn't like the implication that he's being irrational. Like, you just think of being irrational. He was being irrational. And also doesn't like her half-assed apology. She kind of does one of those Willy Wonka things like, I'm so, so sorry that I asked you for something when you woke up. I'll never <laughs> do it again. So then he does uh, the pity party interview and he talks about like, I just feel like all this bickering and I'm just going to end up like one of those husbands that just is defeated and just never talks. God. So that's how that ends. Then later on, they go to a brewery and everything seems all better. But they flash on the screen that they have 50 days to wed. So we're 40 days in at this point. So Sophie's hoping they can get on the same page about some things because they've basically been fighting the entire time. So she says that the happy times – and this is what I mean before. She says that like, well, when we're happy, when things are good, then that makes me want to be with him. But we don't have a lot of those times. If we could just make all the times the happy times, then this would be a great relationship. So Rob blames the time pressure because 90 days just isn't enough time. Oh, God. And it makes everything a referendum, like everything she does, like, can I live with that for the rest of my life? Instead of just being able to enjoy themselves. So she – they have his date night at the brewery and she really likes it and wants to do it more often. He's like, how often? She's <laughs> like, I don't know, once every two weeks. He's like, two weeks? Are you kidding me? She was like, that's like twice a month. He was like, oh, I guess, okay, fine. <sighs> Seems like a lot, but whatever. So – uh, but maybe he's just upset because affording date night might be a lot because he can't even afford a duvet. Oh my gosh, I but know, I right? I both agree that the time pressure is really heightening everything here. And maybe, maybe they should – And well, this is his big thing. He wants to probably br- bring your complaints. You know, just tell me things with a negative energy. Just make everything more positive energy. Sophie says she's going to try to take things more personally and he's going to be try, try to be less insensitive – even though I kind of feel like his problem is he's way too sensitive about stuff. Uh, like yeah. being asked for a bed cover. Oh, um, God, I know. Then we have a third scene where they're in a sex shop. And because, you know, we're just we're just playing all the old hits on 90 Day. We, we yeah. feel like we used to go to the sex shop every every season for every couple, right? Right. So officially, it's officially a way to get them back in the mood after all the fighting. Sophie tells us that they just had sex yesterday and it's been the first time in two weeks. But of course, Rob's face is just like, that's right. Had sex. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but it's been two weeks. What about that part? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Had sex. So the lady shows them a very vibrating, very popular vibrating penis hugger thing. It's not even a ring. It's all there. And he tells us that their sex life isn't exactly basic and neither is his. So he's really enjoying seeing all the fun stuff that he's going to experiment with. He's the wild one, you know. She's, yeah. he, she's not even know what, what he has in store for her. God. Like, and he says that even though like he says he tries a bunch of stuff but also has to ask what like literally everything in the store is. It's right. like, why are these handcuffs close together? Or do you have to – oh, I see the position now. OK. God. So then the lady show uh, – anyway. So he thinks they may have made a mistake. You know, She might have made a mistake because I might be too wild for her. And then there's another lady in the shop that is clearly and obviously a production plant. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, like the most obvious production plant I've ever seen because she shows them a couple things and is like, oh, you guys are into new stuff? Like what kind of new stuff? Like new stuff like a third person? Huh? <laughs> like clearly like doing that. And so – um, you know, basically offers herself up as a unicorn in their threesome. So God. Rob immediately is like, this is a trap. You handle this question. I'm not answering it, right? <laughs> um, and that was the wrong answer. <laughs> like, evidently, the correct answer was to be like, excuse me, ma'am. No, I, I have a woman already. This is the only woman I want to be sexually involved with right here. And you can kindly back up. That was what he was supposed to say. And so now Sophie is really mad that apparently he just wants to have sex with other women. Oh, my goodness. Because he didn't answer no right away. He is – takes a couple of different tacks to defend himself. Um, One is that like he thought the question was directed at her. So why would he be the one who answered it? She was evidently the one who came out as bi the other day. So, yeah. But – you know, and and then she's just really mad, and he's like, "I don't understand. You're mad at me for things I didn't even say." Like she's <laughs> like, "Just admit it. Just admit you want to have sex with other people." It's, it was really, really weird, uh, at least in my opinion. Like, so whose side are you on in this last fight? We'll go with. I don't even know if I'm on anyone's side. It was just bizarre all around because that, like you were saying, totally a production plant because as soon – okay, so if this were for real, like in real life, right, and this wasn't some production plant, if you, anybody else, are going to go and approach a couple, as soon as they start fighting with each other, you'd be like, I'm out. Because in what situation would you want to continue this, even if they both end up landing on, oh, yeah, let's go do this. And she's just awkwardly there being like, so what's the answer? And you're like, get out of there. They're fighting. (laughs) Well, it's weird, too, because she like her going about it, because I it generally would seem like the person would be first of all, it wouldn't be in the sex store with an employee. Like mm-hmm. that seems wild, but like you're in a bar and stuffing, right? And somebody's looking to hook up with a couple, right? They're going to like try to feel it out and individually flirt with each person in the couple and get there. It's not going to be like, hey, you guys are hot. Yeah. You want to like, uh, you know, like, which is what she did, she did. And it's like, that's very like, not just like forward, but like unlikely that you're out of nowhere doing that because I don't know, it just seems to me. I was on the uh, with the impression like Rob started again freaking out over it. His his reaction to her being upset was much, but her being upset was kind of silly because he'd be like, "Well, I don't know if she's into it. I could be into it, right?" <laughs> and she's like, "Inappropriate? No, no. You kid. You shouldn't be at all interested in. Even if I was into it, you should have said no." And it's like, "Well, that's 
come on, that's that's a weird standard to have to yeah. me. Like to, to me, that's very close to having the standard of you shouldn't even find anybody else attractive, which is a ridiculous standard to have. Right. Yeah. It's just that whole thing. I just I I don't know if I have much to say about it just because it just seemed so fake. Yes, I'll give you that. I'll give you, her reaction seemed real. And I'm just like, this is very upset for you to be getting again over something he didn't actually say. He was just like, I'm I'm oh, I'm out of this. Nope. Don't like like because it's not like he was like, well, maybe he was like, nope. <laughs> not gonna t- not gonna touch this one. Yeah, but- I, I mean, I honestly feel like she might have overreacted a little bit because at that point, it's like I feel like him throwing his hands up in the air isn't like considering it at all. Yeah, I get that it's not because from her perspective, she's like anything other than an outright no. Immediate, an immediate and outright no. It right, means, is gonna be means offensive. that you actually wanted to sleep with this one. Right. And, and like, I yeah. don't think I didn't take his reaction that way. It was more like, nope, I'm not not today. I'm not figuring this out. You you <laughs> decide amongst yourselves. There you go. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's been it's, it's especially in the context of she told you yesterday she was by. And then right. all of a sudden this woman's like propositioning you guys. Yeah. Right. But what about okay, so this is what bothered me about the first argument. Right. He said like his conclusion was you should wait until I'm up for an hour before you start asking me stuff. Right. And I also remember the other thing they fought about was whether or not they're going to have kids. And you know who doesn't wait for an hour when you wake up before they start asking you for shit? Mm. And it's kids. (laughs) That is literally what they do. It is dad, 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 I need breakfast. (laughs) Dad, dad. Like they immediately start asking you for things and do not stop literally all day long. If he's upset that he's been – people are going to ask him for things, he's going to have a bad time with kids. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and he's the one who wants kids. She's yeah, not and he's even... the one who wants kids. That's yeah. what I was like. Mm. Got bad news for you about <laughs> needing to wake up. Yeah, he just seems like a grumpy bear just in general, right? I mean, he's, he's a dick. Like, And yeah. I was saying that. I think – We've had terrible people on this mm-hmm. show, like no doubt. Like Ed is a terrible person, yeah. right? Um, Angela is a pretty terrible person. Sure. Um, so, I mean, those are the two that were so terrible we didn't really want to talk about them anymore. Oh, uh, Ed. Yeah, yeah, Angela. Yeah. And then – but this guy I think might be the biggest dick. Like he's yeah. just a dick. He is. Like shut up, dude. You sound like an asshole every time you talk. Yeah, he's not good. So, uh, speaking of not good, uh, let's cover our student of the week and our dunce. So, who is your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week is uh, I'll stick. With, I stick with a lot of people who got married. Let's say Nick. <laughs> like, okay, Nick, he seemed to win over the parents. Like as much as we had that weird, awkward talk at the end, when we heard from Kevin, the dad, he was very much like. Yeah, no, I'm okay with my daughter being with this guy. Like I got to know him I got to know him as the time that we didn't see them for however many days before they actually got married. Like and yeah, it's so having won them have at least won them over and they didn't seem to be like, well, he cried, so I think he understands. Oh, like gosh. I think he actually had to win them over and Yeah. So let's go with that. Uh I went with Citra. Um, because I thought that she handled the bad news actually pretty well, considering she said she was really angry. But, you know, I appreciated that she didn't just 
like vent out that anger that she was just like, I'm going to need to process everything. And she it was like textbook model behavior, right, mm-hmm. for receiving bad news. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'll give it that. Um, so, yeah, I was going to go. I'm going to go with first uh, class dunce. I'm going to go with Clayton. Like yeah. that was. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, agree. I You can't use I was socially awkward. I didn't know to be like, so I shared the details of our sex life with a stranger. Like I'm counting the the girlfriend as a stranger. V is a stranger. I'm not even counting the right. as a stranger. Like nobody's that awkward that they think it's OK to go into the details of your sex life. Well, also because she was shooting him these looks. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also she said, like, this is private. And he seemed to be like, no, it's fine. And she's like, no, you got to listen to what she's saying. She's saying it's private. So it's private. You apologize at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. What about your life lesson? Wait, did you have your class done? Would you yeah, I said Clayton I agreed. Agreed. He was okay. awful. Yeah, life Clayton. lesson. Don't throw trash in your back seat. Oh, God. Yes. Just put it in your. I don't understand how it happens. I really legitimately don't understand. I don't how it understand happens. how it gets that bad. I will have paper trash in my car, but anything that's going to like food that's going to make it smell, no, that stuff needs no, to I don't, exit I, I, immediately. Well, I, because my thing is I always put it on the seat next to me. And then when I get out of the car, everything that's on the seat next to me comes with. Like, oh, see, I shove diff- it in my cup holder, so sometimes I'll forget about it. So, but I mean, paper trash. A couple trash. of papers, a couple of papers, yes. But like, maybe if it's something, yeah. But but the amount of like, but it never ends up on the floorboards of my back oh, seat, no, caked no, into no. my things. Like, no, like, or even on the floor of my car. No. Yeah, no, like that. Don't that was leave your trash in your car. It's not a trash. Or or alternatively, get a trash can for your car. Yeah, I and mean, put it yeah. In there. Right. Um, Okay. So my life lesson is for Rob. I mean, you're going through life like just really going to be super unhappy if your first reaction to everything is to get mad first and then process. Right. Yes. It's like Rob wouldn't even bother like figuring out what was going on. As evidenced by not even asking what a duvet was before being mad that she was asking for one. Yes. His first reaction is I'm mad. I'm mad right, about well, especially because he said later, he's like, I have like three of them. And it's like, well, A, why do you have three and none of them are on your bed? I don't understand <laughs> right. why that's true. But like, yeah, but getting getting mad first, reacting second, and then being like – and also being like, well, that's your fault because you were too negative about it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back uh, in the new year then. Um, so the mm-hmm. plan right now is there is no show next week because it's uh, or yeah, next week because it's uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yep. And the week after we're unsure if there's a show um, because it's, it's New, new Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. But if there is. Oh, no, it's New Year's. It's New Year's Day. Isn't it? No, uh, New Year's Eve. No, no it's New Year's Eve. Year's Eve. Year's Eve. Yeah, so if right. there is a show on New Year's Eve, we will have a podcast released um, after the New Year. So January 2nd, January we're thinking. 2nd. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there isn't, then it'll be, I guess, well into January, January 9th, January. I think. Maybe that's, yeah. why, maybe that's why this go, the season goes on for so long, I think. Maybe. I think, I think the next season of HEA starts – March 17th. I think it starts on St. Patrick's Day. All right. Well, that makes sense then. All right. So uh, we will be back after the new year. So until then, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.